Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, and welcome back to another uh, Porsche Cool podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Bath, and I guess this is the podcast where I just chat about Porsches. Um, this is episode six, so we've gone through five episodes. I'd like to thank everybody uh, for the support so far. It's been great. Uh, there's been lots of downloads, uh, a few follows, not so many follows, but a lot of downloads, and um, <clears throat> that's always a good way to start when you uh, are starting a new podcast and, and starting on a new um, medium. Um, some of you might know, as I've mentioned before, I do have a YouTube channel, uh, which is, uh, I'll put the link down below, um, where I've been chatting about uh, my 997-911 from 2006 uh, for the last couple of years, actually, since I pre-birch, since I pre uh since I was thinking about, I will get this out eventually, since I was thinking about buying the car. Um, so I guess Porsche Cooled is an extension of that. Porsche Cooled is about, um, I guess, just my love of Porsches, uh, which has been around for a long time and um, is growing day by day. Today, I'm just going to talk about uh, a situation that I found myself in. I'm going to talk about the, my car situation. Uh, recently, um, I relocated from well, I, I relocated from Sydney, Australia. Um, that's where my 911 is. Um, for the past, you know, six or so years, we've been based, we've been based my wife and I primarily out of um, London, uh, going back to Australia a few times a year. Uh, from last year, we're now moved to Bahrain. Uh, and at the moment, I don't have a Porsche. Um, and I guess I'm going through a process which, it's an interesting process because honestly, what I want to do is buy a 911 here. The uncertainty of not knowing where you're going to be in a place, how long you're going to be in a place, how long you're going to live somewhere, uh, always comes into the decision making. I guess we, we, we think we're going to be here for a few years, so therefore if we're going to be here for a few years then it makes sense to get a car that you're going to enjoy. What I have found though um, is that once you have owned a 911 and once you've bought a Porsche, it really is difficult uh, to look at mainstream cars. Now, I'm not saying that to offend anyone, but it's very hard to look at, uh, you know, basic cars and basic SUVs and basic daily cars. Um, and I guess, I guess what it is, it's trying to find the right halfway point, a car that you're going to be satisfied with, a car that you're going to enjoy. Um, having joined the Porsche Club here in Bahrain, the Porsche Club in Bahrain, it seems a bit weird that I don't have a Porsche. Um, but... You know, because they have lots of great events here, and that's you know, as I've spoken in other podcasts, uh, you know, the community with Porsche is is great, and it's great all around the world. But I guess my dilemma is, is I'm trying to find a 911 here. Um, not that many come up, uh, and the ones that do come up, um, unfortunately, are a little bit out of the price range that I want to spend. Uh, since I'm only a resident here and like an expat here. Um, and I'll tell you, this week, the ideal example came up, and it was a uh, 911 GT3 Touring in cloud, crayon, manual transmission, uh, carbon fiber interior, uh, what else, black interior. A lot of the cars in the Middle East, a lot of the cars here in Bahrain are either in full red leather interior, full tan leather interior, half red, half black interior. Um, they're not really very very few are coming in uh, just black uh, I did see the I did see a new um, 9921 the other day 
um, which had a navy or the blue leather interior, which was actually quite nice because it was white on the exterior. Anyway, a GT3 Touring came up here in Bahrain. Uh, it's still for sale, actually, um, and it's 65,000 dinar. Now, 65,000 dinar, if you're working out that out to US dollars, is about times by three. So what's that? About 195,000 US dollars. Australian dollars, I times it by four, approximately. So it's about 250,000 Australian, is it? Four, six, two, four. About 250,000 Aussie. 260,000, say, Aussie. Which, based on the... And I don't know what the current price is in the US uh, or the UK for the GT3 Touring. And this one had, I think, I think it's got 7,000 kilometers. But, you know, a GT3 Touring, if you can buy a GT3 Touring for 250, 260,000 Australian dollars, you'll be laughing in Australia because the ones that come up, they really do start about 350. There is one in a PTS Blue for sale in Australia at the moment. Uh, it starts with M and I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It's an old uh, classic uh, Porsche color, Porsche color. And that's selling for almost 400,000 Australian dollars. Uh, I'll let you do the, the um, conversion to US or UK, um, but it's about 400,000 um, Aussie dollars. But I think it's a probably around 360 for a GT3 Touring still in Australian dollars. So the one in Bahrain is very, very good value. So the only ones that have come up recently, that's come up. Uh, there's a GT3 RS. And the GT3 RS is in Lizard Green uh, 2019, so it's the updated 1.2. And uh, it has all the right options, and that's selling for 65 as well, which is interesting that the GT3 RS is the same price as the GT3 Touring, um, because in Australia, the GT3 RS is a lot more expensive than the Touring. The GT3 RS, the 2019.2 uh, model, there were a couple for sale recently. I think they're still for sale. And they're in the high $400,000 mark. Um, so interesting that a Lizard Green GT3 RS, launch type color, uh, all the right specs, um, is, is selling for that price. Um, so I guess long term, long term, if I was thinking of a, a, at least a five-year term here or a five-year plan, uh, at the moment it's about three years, three and a half years. I would be tempted. I would be tempted. Then again, you have to think about, you know, the countries that you live in and the car and how it actually um, wears in the environment. Uh, it is very, very hot here in the Middle East. Um, the roads are quite good in Bahrain. The roads are quite good. Um, the parking uh, where we live is good, so there's no problems there. Driving, you have to drive everywhere because things are a distance. It's a small island, but, you know, you're always driving here, so the car is really important as a daily I don't know whether I could drive a GT3 RS as a daily. Uh, I think the GT3 Touring would work as a daily. I mean, the ideal situation is to have those Porsches, of course, in an ideal world, and have some kind of daily. And this is what I mean. Which daily would you get? And what are you going to be satisfied with? Um, I always have a problem buying something that I don't really like. Uh, I don't usually buy something just because it fits a purpose. Uh, I don't like to just buy things for the sake of buying them if I hate them, uh, because I'll always hate them. Um, so today I've been I've been uh, trail, uh, trawling the uh, classifieds here in Bahrain, BAH Car and OLX, which are a couple of sites here that have uh, cars for sale online. Trying to think if I did buy a everyday car, what would I be happy with? And I tell you what, it's very very difficult. 
And I guess here, you know, buying a Toyota, buying a Honda, buying a Ford, I mean, the Japanese cars more so, um, you're going to be up for less cost, less upkeep. Uh, imported cars are expensive here. Parts take a long time to come. Sometimes your car could be uh, in repair for a long time because they're waiting for a part. Some uh, services are very expensive. Now, I don't know how when people tell me they're very expensive, how that relates to, you know, for, to Australia, for example, because Australia is not exactly cheap. But I guess based on people's incomes and the general income, um, the services and etc. are expensive for imported cars. Uh, depreciation is a really big thing here in Bahrain. Um, the cars, you know, they depreciate a lot, especially Land Rovers, things like that, especially luxury cars, Audis. They don't hold their value. Um, and I guess it's simply because the market, I guess the market for used cars is limited and people that want to buy used cars don't want to buy uh, German cars or whatever, Italian cars. They want to buy um, Japanese cars, which I guess, you know, when you're looking at Toyotas and that are more reliable. But yeah, it's very, very hard. And I think this is the problem once you own a 911 or once you own a Porsche. And it could be the same if you buy a Macan or a Cayenne or or anything in the Porsche range. Once you buy a Porsche, it's very hard to look at other brands. It's very hard to look at an everyday runabout car. Um, and that's what I struggle with. So it's finding the perfect balance, I guess. So back uh, to Porsche Cooled. Uh, Porsche Cooled, if you look at the links at the bottom of this podcast, I also have an Instagram called Porsche Cooled. Uh, which is growing really well. And I thank everyone that's already following me on that Instagram uh, for their support. I think last count I was uh, over five and a half thousand followers. And I guess Porsche Cooled is the way I'm thinking at the moment. Um, I love air-cooled 911s. Uh, I would love to have an air-cooled 911 here in Australia. Um, I love water-cooled 911s. You know, I don't have a, a really a preference between one or the other. I think they complement each other. And I think that's what the whole uh, idea of Porsche Cooled is. It's about, it's a love of Porsches. It's a love of air and water. It's not saying I want the air cooled over the, over the water cooled. You know, I want the 964 over the 997. I think in an ideal, ideal garage situation, I think we'd all would say, yeah, let's have an air cooled. Let's buy that 964 Carrera 2 manual. Or let's buy that 993, you know, Carrera, Carrera S. You know, or let's buy that 996 GT2, which have been a very good value for a while now. They are starting to go up in price. But, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of things, there's lots of combinations you can buy. And I think that's, that's the fun with Porsche. And what is the, two, the perfect two-car garage? I mean, in a recent video on my YouTube channel, I spoke about how, you know, I'd like to get a, like I've always said, I want to get a GT3. Now, I'm still keen on the 997 GT3. I think the point one is probably better than the point two. Uh, I know uh, friends of mine find the styling, uh, the styling of the point one better than the point two. But if you had a 997 GT3, what would be the car that you would complement with it? Um, and I think the car, you know, it could be another water-cooled. It could be the, uh, let's just think, the ones that I that I like, the ones in the range that I, that I really like. The 996, for example. The 996 that I spoke about in a previous podcast is becoming very popular and very sought after. And the good models are starting to sell. The good, the good examples are starting to sell uh, quickly. 996, you could buy the turbo, the Metzger engine 996 turbo. Perfect. Even a, a 0.1 or a 0.2, the 2003 or the pre-2003 version, I think either or are fine. I mean, that's one way you could go. 
the 997.1 or 0.2 turbo, another great car. But would you tie it in with a GT3? Would you, if you were getting a 997 GT3, would you tie that in? Um, would it work as a second as a second Porsche? And I'm only talking about two Porsches here. I'm not talking about having three. I'm just saying, what's the two-car garage? And I guess when I think about it, the more and more, I think for me it would be, I think if it was an air and water combination, it would be a 964, just a 964 Carrera, Carrera 2, manual, preferably no sunroof. Um, any color, I don't really, I'm not really that fussed with the color. Just a good, uh, a good example of that. Or... A 993 Carrera 2S, I think that would be fantastic. Of course, if money was no object, you'd go the turbo in the 964 or the 993. That would be also a good uh, combination with the GT3. But I think if you've got the GT3 and the 997, I think you really just want a, a Carrera or a Carrera S. And I think that's that's where I would that's where I would pick. I would pick the 964 Carrera 2, and I'd pick the uh, 963 uh, Carrera uh, 2S. Uh, 2S is probably a bit more expensive than the Carrera 2, a little bit more expensive, depending on which market you're looking at. So I guess my dilemma at the moment is I'm, I'm living in two markets. I'm living in Australia with my Porsche in Australia and thinking about what I can add to that. Um, or will I keep the Carrera? That's the other question. And then the other thing is I'm living in Bahrain, uh, and this is my home for the next few years, and I'm driving a, you know, a beat-up Audi uh, A6 sedan. Which is, uh, which is terrible, and I need to do something about it. And I drove it today, and it was just awful. It's just no, just, you know what it's like. You're sitting around on the weekend, you just want to go for a drive. Uh, and it could be your Porsche, or it could be, you know, some other type of sports car. But if you get into a car that's terrible, uh, it makes you, I don't know, it doesn't make you feel good. So I, I guess I have two scenarios here. I have the Bahrain scenario, and I have the Australian scenario. So I'm trying to work out the best combination. Um, and I guess this is buying, not really buying advice, but it's just chatting to uh, all you guys about, um, yeah, choices that we make in finding the right combination. Um, but like I said, in Australia, I would, I was going to sell my 997 Carrera because it's stored at the moment while I'm here. But then I decided I couldn't sell it because I really like the car. And it's a really, really good example, as I've said before. Um, but if I kept that 997 Carrera, well, then you have a different scenario. What would I get to time with that water-cooled? I think I'd have to get, if I kept the 997 Carrera, verging on classic status, I probably wouldn't go air. I'd probably go another water-cooled, and I'd probably go the, I'd probably get a GT3 RS. Uh, something a little bit more hardcore. Or even, I don't mind the Turbo S, but I think it'd have to be a 991, 991.1, 991.2 would be expensive, 991.1 uh, GT3 RS. If the 0.2s come down in price, then I think that's a pretty good uh, combination with the um, 997 Carrera that I already own. Um, so that's that's the sort of situation there. In Bahrain, it's harder. I don't think you could own an air-cooled uh, 911 here. I think there are some available, and I saw one come up uh, for a reasonable price, a 993. Um, but I don't think... I just don't think I would own an air-cooled 911 here. I mean, if it's a one-off car that you drive a couple of times a month, maybe, um, but having to drive a car more often than that and, and having to want to go out there and enjoy 
uh, enjoy driving and enjoy the club stuff and, and enjoy all that. I think I want a, a 911 that's a little bit more modern. Would I get a 997 Carrera here? I think I would get a 997.2 Carrera here. I probably wouldn't get a 997.1, only because I'm not familiar with the Porsche, special, Porsche uh, specialists in this region, uh, and I don't know how easy it is to fix uh, problems. Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with the point one, but I think just the checks you have to do, I'm just not confident in making sure the checks are done correctly. Uh, a point two I would look at, uh, sometimes point twos come up, they sell quite quickly, they're never in manual, they're always in uh, automatic and they always just have the push buttons, most of them just have the push buttons on the um, steering wheel, not the paddles. Uh, would I get a 991 here? Yes, I would. I'd get a 991. I think the 991, it's, it appears as a very reliable 911 from people that I know that own one. Um, probably a first generation, probably a Carrera S. Uh, once again, not a lot of manuals, so it's probably going to be PDK. Um, but I think, you know, I think a 991 here will be a good car. Uh, it's what you tie it up with. And of course you could get a Porsche, you know, a Porsche Macan, a Macan or a Cayenne as your second as the daily car and have the Porsche. But if I'm thinking, you know, I'm still trying to think, could I just get one car? Could I get one Porsche that's reliable enough that I can drive to the office every day, 20 minutes to the office and back, um, that I can use on weekends, that I can get involved deeply with the Porsche club? I think the 991 is probably the sensible one. Uh, of course, a, po a point two would be great. A point two here are a little bit too expensive. They're almost. They're still selling at about double the point one price. Point one, you can get a reasonably good one for about sixty thousand US, eighty thousand Australian. Very cheap based on Australian prices. I'm not sure if that's cheap based on US prices. The point two, I saw one selling for forty. So that's one hundred and twenty US dollars, one hundred and sixty thousand Aussie dollars, around about. Uh, once again, cheap based on Australian prices. I don't really want to spend that much. I want to spend a little bit less. Um, so I think market-wise, you know, a 991 would be a great car here. Uh, and that's what I mean. That's what This is what I, uh, this is my whole motivation behind Porsche Cool. It's just the love of Porsches. It's just working out the situation that you're in, working out how you can get your Porsche. I mean, I've spoken to so many people on YouTube uh, that are planning, you know, that have said, you know, thanks for the videos. I'm trying to get my first Porsche, you know, you've been a great help. And like I've said before, that's that's the reason to do these things, these podcasts and these videos. It's just to help, um, help people going on the same path as what I went on. Um, and I guess my path now has started again because, as I said, I'm here. I'm in Bahrain. I'm in the Middle East. And... You know, I need to. I need to get a, a Porsche. I need that fix. I need that Porsche fix. It's not easy. It's not easy. And uh, I really feel for people. And I, you know, I've been in that situation for many years where you just want a Porsche so much, you want a 911, and you just simply can't afford it. Um, but I think the thing is, you just work hard, keep going, and and I guess don't buy a new car. Uh, new car, obviously, you, use, you lose a lot of money. When you think about buying another car, think about buying an old Porsche, buying an, a 996. I mean, there were some great values, some great bargains to be had in a 996. Uh, like I said, they're starting to disappear and some of the um, not so well-kept models are being uh, left behind at the moment until other people start to sell them uh, on the hope of getting a, a really good return. 
Anyway, I hope this hasn't been uh, too much of a ramble today. Uh, sometimes I just like to do this, and I have to say to you, this podcast today, uh, I didn't write notes. Uh, I'm probably going to get people saying, yes, you can see that, but I didn't write notes. I just wanted it to be off the cuff. I just wanted to have a chat. Uh, I used to call these, but I still do call these Porsche chat on my uh, YouTube channel. Uh, my YouTube channel is under the name, my, my, my full name, not under Porsche Cooled, so if you do a search, it's under Michael Bath. Uh, the videos will come up. But anyway, I just wanted off-the-cuff off chat today. Just wanted to talk about cars. Just wanted to talk about Porsche. And uh, I think that's about it. I think we'll leave it there. Uh, so this is episode six. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for following if you followed already. If you haven't, um, please follow on whatever you're listening to. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Uh, till next time.